Hello and welcome back to Break Your Budget, the podcast. My name is Michaela and I am your host and we are back today with another podcast episode. This, I'm putting it out there into the universe, is going to be one of the last podcast episodes that's under the Break Your Budget podcast name. I recently finalized my designs for my new podcast. I worked with a designer, one of my friends, Isabella, and she put together an entire brand kit for me for my new podcast name, which I'm very excited about. So I'm hoping that over the next couple of weeks, this is happening for sure in August, um, but over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be relaunching my podcast with a new name. I I'm obsessed with the new name. It's so fitting for me and my life and I think hopefully applicable for a lot of you guys. I do feel like it's going to be slightly controversial. Somebody's not going to like it, but I like it and that's all that matters. So I'm really excited for that. Today, we are going to be doing an entire like monthly routine review, I guess. And so obviously a lot of my content is focused around monthly resets, routines in general, increasing productivity, planning, etc. outside of just like finance and career, both of which obviously for those you need to have certain routines if you actually want to reach your goals. I'm a huge person who believes in like You can have a goal, but you need to have a system. It's a concept from Atomic Habits, which is one of my favorite books. But basically, all of these routines are basically like your system for actually reaching the goals that you set and achieving what you want to achieve when it comes to your finances and it comes to your career. So there are a lot of things that you need to do, one of which is having some type of monthly routine for both. I think when it comes to your finances, a lot of people have a financial routine that they do, I would say, most of the time every single month. But when it comes to your career, this is something a lot of people don't check in on every month. They kind of just like go about their day, get lost in what they're doing, you know, make it to the weekend. And then all of a sudden a year has gone by and you don't like what you're doing. You don't like where you are. You don't know where you want to go. And I just think that having a career routine is really important. So basically this episode is going to be the repository or what's the word? I don't know the word. I can't think of it right now, but this is going to be where all of that lives. So if you ever need a refresher on a financial routine or on a career routine, you can come back and listen to this or watch it on YouTube and just be refreshed on what it is you actually need to do for both of those things. Before we get into it, I want to think if I have any life updates for you guys. I honestly don't think I do. Actually, I do. So I'm recording this on July 21st, but it's going to be going up next week, July something. Um, that being said, the week after I am going away, I'm going home for two weeks, and my hope is to take a little bit of time off. It's unclear to me at this point in time if I'm going to have enough content ready that week to have everything go up during the time where I do take some time off. So we may have one week where I don't post a podcast episode. Hopefully I do, but I might not. And that'll be the first week of 2022 that I didn't put up a podcast. So honestly, I kind of think I'm going to try and get ahead so I don't miss that week. But since I'm going home, I'm really excited because I haven't been home in a little bit. And I've kind of been going through this thing lately where I just want to get out of LA for a little. I feel like July was a fun month and it was also my birthday month, but it was a weird month for me where I just have felt like 
really unproductive. I've had a really, really hard time focusing. I've been in a little bit of a funk and there are a few reasons why, which I'm probably not going to share on this podcast. Um, But just in general, I haven't been feeling my best. I haven't been feeling super great about myself. I haven't been feeling super great about like my business or really anything. It just hasn't been a month where I feel like I've been on my A game. And that's okay. It happens. You know, there are always going to be months where things don't go how you want them to go and where you're just not feeling your best. But I really want to snap back into it in August. And so I think that going home is going to be a nice little reset for me. It's been a while since I've been home. And the only other time that I was home this year was for a week back in April. And it was the week right after I quit my job. And so It was just a very like tumultuous period of time in my life. And so during that time that I was at home, I didn't really get to like do the things I wanted to do. And I was very distracted and just like overwhelmed with life. And now going home again for a longer period of time and it's the summer. So I'm excited to spend some time during the summer on the Cape just because I miss being on the Cape and being in LA during the summer is not the same. It's very different. When they say that like you don't have seasons in LA, it makes sense. Not in the sense of like it doesn't ever get cold because you do like it does cool off in the winter a lot. But like the transition from spring to summer is not a real thing. And I almost feel like summer here is August to December instead of like June to September as it is at home just because June here is like not really a good month and honestly the first half of July the weather hasn't been that great so in conclusion I'm excited to go home and reset and hopefully like snap back into a little bit more of a steady routine for the rest of 2022 we're now in the second half of the year which is really crazy and honestly makes me uncomfortable and scared and nervous but we're letting go and letting god and just taking every day day by day Uh, my big theme for august is to just like let things be as they are because most of the time things that i worry about and this is my anxiety things that i worry about are just outside of my control like i can't do anything about them Um, and I'm doing everything that I can to like have a good social life, to have a good business, to just be happy. And if I can't control it, then I can't let it impact my mood. So that's that. That being said, now we're going to get into the bulk of this episode and we're going to go through a monthly money review, what you need to do, and then a monthly career review, what you need to do. So let's start with the monthly money review. So the first step, well, so there are three steps in your monthly money review. The first is to update your numbers. The second is to self-reflect. And the third is to plan for the month ahead. So we're going to start obviously with step one, which is updating your numbers. Before that though, we have step 1A, which is making sure you have the right tool in place. Obviously, this is the perfect time for me to plug the personal finance dashboard. You can get it for $10 off using the code podcast one. It's always linked in the show notes. Basically, with the personal finance dashboard, you get a 360 degree view of your finances. So that means that you're looking at your income, you're looking at your expenses, you're looking at all of your savings, your net worth, your debt payoff, all of your different accounts. Basically, everything related to your money is in this template. And so when you're thinking about the tool that you wanna use 
to manage your money, you want to make sure it's comprehensive in this way. That's not to say if you are somebody who is not a spreadsheet person or maybe you don't want to spend the money on the PFD, which I understand, and you have a different spreadsheet that maybe you got off Google or that you like better, awesome, great. But if you, when you're choosing a tool, if I could speak, you want to make sure that you have a 360 degree comprehensive view of your money. This means that everything related to your finances is in view so that you're not missing anything and so that you can use that information to make better data-driven decisions when it comes to your finances. This is very, very, very important if you actually wanna see improvements over time. Having the right tool is like the most important step in combination with having the right financial routines in place. And when you have those two things together, you will start to see progress. But you could have a really great routine if you don't have the right tool or if you don't have a tool that works for you, then you're not actually gonna go through the routine. And so that's really where the tool comes into play. So obviously I like to um, use the personal finance dashboard. That's the tool that I use most consistently. I also, for those of you who like the apps instead of a spreadsheet, my recommendation is Truebill. It's the only app that I've used that I think really does a great job. I also like Copilot. That's the other app I've used that is, you know, really high end. Neither of those are free. So I think that's the other layer here that I want to put in is if you want a tool that actually works, that's not full of ads, that gives you good insights, you're probably going to have to pay for it. And I know you're probably thinking, well, why would I pay money if I want to build a budget, etc.? When you pay, you show up. And I think that that's really important. If you have a free tool that you just got off of Google or a free, the free version of Mint or something, you're way less likely to hold yourself accountable because you're not paying for it. You have no skin in the game. So that's a really important caveat that I want to include here. So that's step 1A. Step 1, the actual step 1, is updating your numbers. And this involves more than just updating like your income and your expenses. It means you're going through and you're combing through your entire credit card statement and making sure that all of your expenses are updated in your tool based off of what you spent during that entire month. You also wanna make sure that you're tracking any type of savings contributions or any movement towards your savings. So let's say you're saving up for a wedding. So you've put $500 a month into a sinking fund for a wedding. Make sure you track that. You wanna have a place where you're keeping track of how much money is going towards savings. Same goes for investments, and this includes your 401k. So if you're making money at your job and you have a percentage of your paycheck come off the top and go into a 401k, you wanna make sure you're keeping track of that because that counts, that is savings. Um, so making sure you're tracking all of your different investment contributions is really important throughout the month. And then also you wanna update any debt payments that you've made. So you could be paying off your student loan, you could be, making, you could be paying off a car loan, you could be paying off credit card debt. Any money you're putting towards debt, you wanna make sure you are tracking. And then the other thing you wanna do at the end of the month is update your net worth. I don't recommend updating your net worth more than once a month. I know that it fluctuates every single day, but honestly, you don't have any control over the market. So if you have a lot of money invested in the market is down, obviously that's gonna impact your net worth. You can't control that. And this is actually something a lot of people ask for in the PFD, like 
well, how do I track, you know, market fluctuations and stuff? You don't need to track that. That's not an important metric for you to be paying attention to. And that is why it's not in the personal finance dashboard. The one thing that I don't like about all apps is that they do give you that live up-to-date view, which some people like and other people don't. I don't need to know every single day that I'm losing money to my investments. Like subconsciously, I already know that, but I don't need to see it every day. And so I intentionally choose to not look at my finances from that perspective more than once a month because I don't think it's healthy and it's not really doing anything for you. So updating your net worth once a month, I think is more than enough. It's a good way to pulse check every month that you're paying off debt and increasing your savings and investments as you bring more and more money in. Ideally, you wanna see your net worth grow month to month, but the market fluctuates, so sometimes it might go down. As long as you're saving consistently and paying off debt consistently, that's all you can really do, and when the market decides to cooperate, you'll see your net worth get boosted up again. So that is step number one, is updating everything. This usually takes 10 to 15 minutes, especially it will take less time if you've been keeping up with your weekly money reviews, which is just updating your numbers on a more consistent basis. I definitely recommend checking in with your finances more than once a month, but if you're just getting started, maybe once a month is all you can handle. So that's step number one of your monthly money review. The next step is to do some self-reflection. And what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna pull up the personal finance dashboard here and I'm gonna share with you the questions that are in there for self-reflection. So the reason why self-reflection is so important is because this is where you start to see behavior change. So basically, when you think about like, oh, I wanna change what I'm doing, you can't change what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing in the first place. So that's why self-reflection is so important. It's taking 10 minutes to look at everything you've just updated and think to yourself, do I like what I see? Am I proud of the progress that I'm making? Do I feel like I'm saving enough money? Do I feel like I'm using my money efficiently? Am I unhappy with things that I bought or spent my money on last month? All of these things really help uncover patterns that you can identify and then ultimately change your behavior and shift in the months ahead. So that is why self-reflection is so important. So many people skip the self-reflection piece and I am telling you, you will start to see the biggest difference when you sit down and you sit with your thoughts for a little bit and you reflect on what's working for you and what isn't working with you, working for you when it comes to your money. It's very, very, very important. So a couple of questions that you can ask yourself every month. First, where did you over or underspend? Was it preventable or were you unrealistic in your planning? This is very important. So obviously at the beginning of the month, you know, you set a plan. That's step three, we'll get there. You set a plan for how you want to spend. Your plan is essentially your budget, you know, so you allocate a certain percentage of your income to all of your different categories and then you allocate a percentage of your income to like savings, investments, and debt, etc. What you also want to look at is how you actually tracked against that plan. So let's say you planned to spend $150 on shopping, but you actually spent $400 on shopping. The question here is, for that category that you overspent, was this a preventable occurrence or did you just not plan appropriately? This is important to think about because sometimes we give ourselves a hard time for being over budget on something when really we probably should have budgeted differently. Like 
for shopping, let's say you're going on vacation. When you go on vacation, I mean, when I go on vacation, I'm shopping, like I spend money. That's something that I do. So if I were to go on vacation, let's say, and only give myself $50 for shopping, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go over that. So that's me being unrealistic in what I'm actually going to spend and that's setting myself up to fail. So you don't wanna do that. If it was something where like, oh, you did a lot of impulse shopping or something like that, that's different. That's a preventable occurrence. So you wanna really think about like when you're looking at your categories and you're looking at your budget and you're looking at where you overspent and where you underspent, was it something that you could have prevented or was it something where you just didn't plan correctly? Because I think a lot of people get discouraged when they're not doing well with their budget because they're overspending, but what's happening is maybe you didn't plan correctly. And so be honest with yourself and think, was it realistic for me to only plan $100 for groceries last month? Probably not, costs a lot more to eat. So like, you gotta think about these things and really uncover what you're doing and if you're practicing like self-sabotaging behaviors or you know if you just need to actually change what you do every single month so that's question number one the next question is how does your spending make you feel are you proud of how you spend or did this whole process make you feel really awful because you're really unhappy with how you spent and you didn't want to look at your credit card statement very, very, very important to understand how you feel when you spend your money. If you are ultimately, and this is the goal, if you're ultimately spending your money in alignment with like your values and your priorities and you're enjoying the way you're using your money and you're using your money as a tool to add value to your life, you shouldn't feel bad when you go through this process. But if you go through this process and you don't feel good because you spent a lot of money on stuff you don't care about or you spent a lot of money going out and you don't even like going out, or you know you spend a lot of money shopping and you haven't worn any of your new stuff like really important to know that those are behaviors that you can change so like asking the question am i proud of this would i be proud if somebody else looked at my credit card statement this month that's what you want to ask yourself because again this is how you uncover those behaviors and then make productive changes going forward The next questions have to do with your savings. So like, are you proud of the savings progress that you made? And this applies as well to like debt payoff if that's your financial goal at this point in time. So we'll call it like, are you proud of the progress you made towards your financial goals? Very, very important question to ask again, because if you actually have goals that you wanna reach, you need to actively be planning your finances around those goals so that you can move your money in the necessary places at the necessary periods of time. So are you proud of the way that you saved? Are you proud of the amount of money you paid towards your debt? That's, it's a hard question. Um, But sit there and ask yourself, did you even save any money? Were you able to, or maybe you overspent, or maybe you didn't make as much money as you thought? What was the reason if you didn't hit those goals? And write all of this down. That's another key is, I like the PFD, the personal finance dashboard, because I have a section in here where you can do your whole self-reflection. So like you can write all of this down, you can keep a log so that you can look back on it um, like months behind you. I think that that's really, uh, it's a really powerful thing to write all of your stuff down. So if you don't have the PFD or you use an app or something, get a journal and start writing this stuff down or you know create a Google folder where you're typing it out every month as you go through your update. So that way you can keep a record and then you can go back and again, hold yourself accountable to how your behavior is changing over time. 
The next question here, what could you improve with your spending? So think about where you over or underspent. What changes do you want to make? What could you do better? Where could you better align your values and priorities with how you're using your money? The next question, what areas of your budget did you do really well with? So was there anything that you like set out to accomplish when it comes to how you spent your money at the beginning of the month that you actually achieved? You know, maybe you set a goal to only spend $250 at the grocery store and all month long you did really well with your meal planning, you did really well with making a list when you went to the grocery store and so you came in even under that $250. Or maybe your goal, and this is a normal thing, would be to spend money and you wanted to spend an ex a certain amount of money or like you wanted to concentrate your spending money on a certain area so like let's say you wanted to try new activities or go to a baseball game or do something like that or buy concert tickets and you actually did that's great remember your money is a tool and you want to use your money at in a way that like actually adds value to your life and part of that is spending your money on things that bring you joy so it's really important, again, to understand what those things are for you and highlight and applaud yourself when you actually do things the way that you want to instead of just like reprimanding yourself or getting upset or feeling badly when you don't do what you want to do with your finances or when you're unhappy with how things kind of panned out. The last question here is, do you feel like you improved your finances since last month? Why or why not? Be honest with yourself on this because the goal is to just get 1% better every month or 2% better every month. Slow progress is still progress and I think that's another thing that culturally we've now seen so many people find like overnight success and as a result we think if we don't see progress within a week or a couple of weeks or one month that we're a failure and that's not true. Your financial journey is going to be your entire life and so as long as you're getting better and better every single month It'll start to snowball and things will get easier for you and you'll start to see exponential progress. But you want to try and do your best to not like regress. Not every month is going to be the best month ever. I've had a couple of, you know, not great months that I've talked about very openly on my podcast and on my channels and whatever. It happens. Just don't make a pattern of it. Like don't make it a consistent thing. So that is the self-reflection piece. Again, make sure you're writing down your answers to this. It really shouldn't take that long. I know a lot of the questions may feel like they could be kind of long. It should take like 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. You have the time, make the time. The last phase of your monthly money review is adjusting your plan for the month ahead. So this one is a fun one. And this is really important when you think about like what are all of the events or things that you have going on in the next month. So I always like to take some time before the month begins or on like the first of the month to go through my budget and say, okay, like what do I have coming up? And I do this as part of my like reset routine. So I have a YouTube in August reset routine video coming out on YouTube, but I do have a couple from months prior if you wanna go check those out before that comes out. It'll be out two days after this is out. Um, what you want to do is think about like, do I have events coming up? Do I have birthdays coming up? Do I have travel plans coming up? What's going on in my life that I need to financially plan for? And how can I build that and incorporate it into my budget? So I'm going to use myself as an example. Basically for the month of August, I'm spending two full weeks at home. August 1st to August 17th, I will be on Cape Cod. When I am home, I am fed by my parents. I am not driving my own car. 
as a result, I'm not going to spend as much money on food, not going to spend as much money on gas. However, I'm going to have to Uber to and from the airport. That's probably going to replace all of the money I spent on gas with Ubers, unfortunately, unless I can hitch a ride from someone. And I also, when I go home, I tend to spend a lot more money on coffee because I have a lot of my favorite coffee shops are around there and I don't get to go home that much anymore. So when I'm home, I'm, you better believe I'm going out for coffee every day and I go out for coffee with my dad. And so when I go out for coffee with my dad, we have our own little routine. We each get our coffees, we get a muffin and we alternate who pays every other day. So it's just one of those things where like, I'll probably spend way more money on coffee next month than I do in general. And so the money that I would have spent on grocery is going somewhere else. So it's just making these shifts into the appropriate areas and making adjustments based off of what I know I'm going to be doing next month. And that way I am setting myself up for success instead of setting myself up to fail by saying, oh, I'm only going to spend $50 next month on coffee. That's just, it's not going to happen. That's not what's going to happen. And so it's important for me to make sure that those changes are reflected. One thing too that is helpful, again, with the PFD is that you can plan out your finances by essentials and non-essentials. And so what I usually do, this is a little tip, is I plan out like my ideal month once. Um, And so I'll plan out what my essentials would be. I'm usually pretty conservative in how I plan. And then I plan out ideally what my non-essentials would be. And then that is just going to be like my baseline plan every month. And then when I go in to my PFD and make those adjustments on a monthly basis, that's when I'll shift things around and I'll do my best to keep my spending at a certain level every month. Usually around $4,000 is kind of my sweet spot when it comes to spending money. Sometimes it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more, but that's like the monthly average. I'll try to shape shift instead of adding more money to certain things, like if I'm gonna spend more money on shopping, I'll look for an area where maybe I haven't been spending that much and I'll pull back. So try to do that so that you're not just like, oh, I'm traveling next month, so I'm just gonna automatically spend an extra $500. Like no, maybe there are areas where you could pull back a little bit intentionally and intentionally choose during the month, during your daily decision-making to say, hmm, maybe you know I'm gonna skip on this buying out lunch today at the office because I know I'm going to be going on vacation so I'll pack my lunch. Think about stuff like that in your life and make sure that's reflected in your um, budget and your plans for the month ahead. So that is the process for the monthly money review and now we're going to move into our monthly career review. A monthly career review is a very important thing to start implementing if you don't do this already. Because if you don't have like a routine where you're checking in on how things are going at your job, you could end up in a position where so much time passes and you end up like in a job that you dislike or on a career path that you don't like that just becomes a lot harder to get out of than it would have been if you just paid a little bit closer attention. I also think that having a monthly career review is so helpful when it comes to advocating yourself or advocating for yourself when you want to get a promotion or a raise and also being able to talk about what you do at work and translate that if you are updating your resume or going through an interview process. This is something that I always struggled with because like sometimes when you get into a job that you actually like and you're comfortable and you don't have plans to leave, you know, you're not thinking about your resume. You're not thinking about all of the stuff that you're actually doing. 
And then, you know, something happens. You're like, okay, maybe I could entertain the idea of finding a new job or you get a DM or something on LinkedIn and they're like, oh, we have this amazing opportunity and you want to pursue it. And then you get into an interview and they're like, oh, what do you do? And then you can't describe that because you've never actually thought about it. You've just kind of been going through the motions and doing your job, which there's nothing wrong with that. But intentionally taking time to like reflect and think about and write down all the stuff you do makes it a lot easier for you to be able to communicate that in a clear, concise, and professional way. So that's why this is so important. And a lot of people always post on my comments and whatnot saying, why would I track all of this? Like I'm busy enough at work, whatever. Okay, don't track it then. Nobody's telling you what to do. But if you want to actually like make some changes in your life and take things seriously and maybe be a higher performer or just set yourself up for success, be a little bit more organized, this is a really great routine to implement. So you can lead the horse to water. You can't force it to drink. I'm just telling you what really worked for me in a routine that I think personally is very, very helpful. Whether you are a business owner or you work a corporate job or you have a side hustle or some combination of those things, I still do this as a business owner and an entrepreneur. Like just because I don't work corporate doesn't mean I'm not going through this process. And again, it's very, very, very helpful for me, at least from my perspective, it's like, okay, well, how did I use my time this month? And was I productive? And did I move the needle forward? And, you know, did my time translate to financial gain? Or do I have projects that I'm working on or due dates and whatever that I've missed or that are coming up that I need to plan for? Like all of these things are so helpful. And having a like place where you do all of this is really helpful. I use the template, the Own Your Career template that I sell. It's linked below. I don't have a code for it. Um, it's only 20 bucks. But if you work or if you purchase the PFD, which you can get with a discount code, podcast one, we've already gone over this, you can get the Own Your Career template for $10 um, as like an order bump. So essentially, if you use the podcast code, you can get the Own Your Career template and the PFD for $60. So basically you get the own your career template for free. So keep that in mind. Um, if you are looking for the right tool, honestly, you can use any tool. You can use OneNote, which a lot of people have, um, already on their like work computers and stuff. If your work uses Microsoft products, you probably already have it. You can create your own spreadsheet um, in like Google sheets or something. You can just keep a running document or just write it down in your notebook. I don't care, but again, the process is very, very important. So first things first, if you are not already tracking what you're doing on a regular basis, so like keeping a daily to-do list, having a weekly list of like priorities and projects that you're working on, I definitely recommend doing that. That is a feature of the Own Your Career template and it actually really helps and enables a monthly review. So I highly, highly, highly recommend starting to do that in August if you don't already do it. Um, the reason why it's so helpful and why I really like doing that, specifically in this template, but again, you can do it anywhere, is because I like to keep a weekly to-do list of like all the stuff that I have to do. But I also like to keep like a to-do list of any follow-ups that come up. So I get a lot of emails and sometimes I'll send an email and I'll be like, okay, if I don't hear back from them in a couple of days, like I need to follow up. So when I do that, I immediately will write this down in my like follow-up section on this template so that I don't forget for the week that I'm focused on. Another one, and this is I think a little bit more applicable to a corporate job, 
is unplanned asks. So this is something that I often dealt with when I was working corporate was like I'd have my things that I needed to do that week and then I would get so many requests during the week for like, hey, can you pull this? Hey, can you run this? Hey, can you help me with this? And it's like all of that is really great experience that you should be keeping track of. And a lot of us forget that we do all of these different ad hoc things because they may not be part of our like set responsibilities. But that's really great experience that ultimately you could translate into transferable skills. You could leverage it to get a different type of job. So it's so important to keep track of those things. And if you're not keeping track of them, then they just disappear into the abyss of your memory and you'll never remember. And then another thing I like to keep track of weekly are like accomplishments. So what did I do this week? And was I productive? Did I finish any projects? Did I lead any meetings? Did I help with anything? All great questions to ask yourself and they all help kind of ladder up into this monthly review. So four areas for this monthly review. First is accomplishment. Second is feedback. Third is like new or ongoing projects. And fourth is goals. So first step is what did you accomplish during the month? Think about three to five things that you did really well in your job and what happened. You know, what did you what did you finish? What projects did you wrap? Again, meetings that you led. And then to take it one step further, how did those accomplishments align with your broader career goals for the year or your role-specific goals? So if you watch my stuff, you know I have a couple of different types of career goals that you can set. One is role-specific. So what exactly are you looking to accomplish during the year, specifically in your role? Another is developmental. So what kind of development goals do you want to set? What kind of skills do you want to learn or develop or hone? And the last are income goals. So like, are you looking to get a promotion? Are you looking to get a raise? Are you looking to start a side hustle or quit your job or increase your income in some way? So think about what you're doing and what you're accomplishing at your job and how does that actually ladder up into the goals that you're setting? And like, is there alignment? Because if there isn't, then you know, then you have questions to ask yourself. Do I need to shape shift or change or adjust my goals? Or is what I'm doing not relevant to what I actually want to be doing? And do I need to make changes at my job or in my role in order to actually accomplish what I want to do with my career? Very, very, very important. So this is why the monthly routine is so helpful because it helps uncover these kinds of things that you probably would overlook if you didn't take the time to do it. The next phase of your monthly career review is feedback. This one, really important. Um, Again, a lot of people don't pay attention to it, but something that I learned the hard way is that you are always going to be getting feedback. Oftentimes, it's going to be feedback that you don't like, but oftentimes, too, you will get feedback that's positive. So throughout the month, if you've received any feedback, whether it was verbal feedback from a manager, from a leader, or from somebody else on your team, really great to keep track of that and write it down. The same goes if you get an email or a message or something from someone saying, hey, great job on that. Hey, you did a really good job doing this. Hey, good job doing this, but maybe you could have switched this up to make it better. Keep track of all of that. Save it all down, put it in a folder, and then go th- when you're going through your review, go back and review. Like, okay, what kind of feedback did I get this month? Was I doing a good job at work? Or, you know, maybe did I get feedback in one of my performance reviews that was like, 
You could improve on this. And I actually took the time this month to develop or hone that skill or practice that. And that feedback was, you know, rectified or applied or whatever. Think about it. Very important. Um, Another factor that is on this template is that you can also write down how you plan to apply that feedback at your job. This is a really important exercise to go through. And I think it's really helpful too in learning how to absorb and take feedback in a professional way and ultimately separate that feedback from being like personal. That was a struggle that I had a lot in my job was like I took all of the feedback personally as like a dig on me or a dig on my character. And that's generally not what ha- what it is. Like that's not actually what's happening. So it's important to remember that. The next phase of your monthly career review is thinking about new or upcoming projects that you could be working on or ongoing projects that you need to keep in mind. So again, I'll use myself as an example in my own experience because I feel like this is applicable for a lot of people. But like in my last job, Um, before I left, I had a lot of different responsibilities and we worked on a cyclical cadence. So like there were times where I knew I was going to be busy and I knew what needed to be done and I knew what the timeline was going to be. And so I could proactively take steps the month before to make that whole process a lot easier. And so I think going through this kind of review, you can think, okay, next month, what do I have going on? And what can I do, you know, a month or two months thinking ahead now to be proactive, to get a step ahead and to make sure that I'm keeping all of these projects or cycles or processes in mind in the future. Or this could also help if you are like trying to improve something or hone a process, save time, help somebody out. This is a really great area, I think, to sort of reflect on. So thinking about like, Did you have any projects during the month that didn't wrap that are going to be carried over into the next month? That's an important thing. Do you have any projects coming up in the next month, maybe in the next few weeks that you could start thinking about now? And what steps are you going to take to be prepared? Great, great, great questions to ask yourself. The last phase of the career reset is thinking about your goals for next month, your career goals. So it could be role-specific goals again. It could be maybe you're looking for a new job and your goal next month is to apply to 20 jobs. Or maybe you want to update your resume because you've been at your job for a year and it's time to sort of just make sure that all of your resume is updated just in case a new opportunity comes up or something. Or you're looking to move laterally or get promoted or whatever. Write that down. Think about the things that you want to do next month. And so when you write them down and then you go through your review next month, you can go back and look at the goals that you set and see, oh, did I actually accomplish these in one way or another? I think setting career goals on a monthly basis can help add a little bit of spice and motivation and like oomph to your job because again, a lot of times it's really easy to get into this like cyclical kind of slump where you're just trying to get to the weekend and you're not really thinking you're not really trying to improve because you don't really like what you're doing or you're not excited about what you're doing when you set goals like this it can add a little bit of motivation back into your routine so that is the monthly like career review that i think is a really valuable exercise to go through um again 
these are the two like set monthly routines that I do. And I think they're really helpful. I think taking the time intentionally to go through them will add a lot of value to your life. It will help you actually change your life. So this is something that a lot of people come to me and they're like in my life, but also like in my DMs and in my comments, they're like, well, how are you how are you successful like how did you save all of this money how did you quit your job i did all of these things because they have systems in place like this where i'm holding myself accountable and holding yourself accountable to your goals and holding yourself accountable to making changes in your life involves creating routines like a monthly money review and a monthly career review where you're actively taking the time to look at what is and what isn't working and think and strategize about how you are going to make changes in your life to get better So if you are feeling stuck or you're feeling lost or you're feeling like you don't really know what your next step is going to be, you don't like where you're at, you don't know where you want to go, try going through these routines and asking yourself these questions and thinking critically about your situation, your decisions, your path, your future, your goals, what you want to accomplish. And it will help give you a little bit of guidance and a little bit of structure and also hopefully a little bit of inspiration and motivation to start making these changes in your life so that you can get to the point that you want to be at. Um, As always, You can get the personal finance dashboard and the own your career template always linked in my show notes below. If you have any questions, feel free to let me know. I hope that this was helpful and I will catch you guys in the next podcast episode.